Welcome to the With Pride and Grit podcast, a show dedicated to helping you navigate a season of transition in your life. I'm your host, Jen Pasquale, and as a 16-year military spouse, I know firsthand how challenging life's transitions can be. I also know it's an opportunity for growth, discovery, and new beginnings. In this season of With Pride and Grit, we're sharing stories of military spouses who are or have successfully transitioned to civilian life. We'll also hear from experts who can offer valuable insights about transition resources available to support a spouse's journey. Whether you're just starting the transition process or already well on your way, this podcast is for you. We hope to provide you with the knowledge and inspiration to make the most of this new chapter in your life. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get started. Welcome back to With Pride and Grit. In today's episode, Selena and I are talking a little bit about some of the unexpected things that can happen during a transition, whether it be an unexpected deployment or unexpectedly being able to stay in an area that feels incredibly familiar and, a way that, and in a way that sort of softens that blow for transition. So stick around and learn a little bit about her story and find yourself in it as well. Now, thank you for being here. I'm really excited to hear a little bit more about your story and looking forward to hearing how our listeners can connect their own experiences to some of the things you're going to share with us. So thank you for being here. Yes, of course. I always love talking story with you from Hawaii, and that's how we like to call these chats. So I'm excited. I'm excited to be part of this conversation. So if you would start at the little bit of the beginning, but just give folks a, a broad stroke on your military life and where you guys are in this transition process. And then we'll talk about what that experience has been like for you. Yeah. I almost feel like I don't have the traditional military life story, but maybe it's not as traditional anymore. But my husband joined the army 24 years ago out of high school. And 16 years later, we met when he was stationed in Hawaii and we were both, we had both been divorced. I was a single mom and marrying into the military was absolutely the very last on the list. I don't even know if it made it on the list, but as every military love story goes, you fall in love with who you fall in love with. And, you know, we had a couple of years left in him to give me a little bit, a taste of the military spouse lifestyle. And so we left Hawaii, went to beautiful Fort Polk, Louisiana, and started life there. And that was my dip in the pool. And, um, then we PCS over to Fort Hood where kind of our transition story starts. So that's in a nutshell. I like to jokingly call me the old new mill spouse or the new old mill spouse, whatever way you want to say it. Yes. But I think you're right. I, I, I know a lot of folks that are in that season. And so while transition may not be this experience where you've lived the whole thing, you're still doing it alongside your service member, no matter whether you've been married two years or 22 years, but still going through this process with them, helping helping them and being a support to them and then figuring out what any of that might mean for you. Where are you guys in the transition spectrum right now? Yeah. Okay. We are, my husband has finally retired. He retired as of last October and also in true military fashion. When we decided it was time to put his packet down, he also got orders to Germany. So my husband went to Germany and spent a couple of months there doing the transition process, mm -hmm. him in another country, time zone difference, and I mean, like handling life, our home here. And so, yeah, like we're past that, but I wonder what would have happened had he been home and we could have mm -hmm. attended things together because I would have been like, Hey, where are you going? I thought I was supposed to be on that. Like, 
How come you didn't invite me? <laughs> He's got fair game to do what he needs to do when he was in Germany. A lot of it was virtual, but that's our transition story. It was like, hey, we're going to retire. And the initial plan they had told him was they're going to put him here in this area. And when he went to go check into the new spot, because we had made another rotation cycle. So he had to switch from where he was. And they're like, oh, when he checked in, they're like, hey, just kidding. You're going to go to Germany. He's like, but I'm retiring. Yeah, it doesn't matter. (laughs) So we just talk about layering a stress on a stress. So I guess what I would love for you to do is walk me back through the beginning of that process. So when did you guys, or when did, you know, when did he raise his hand and say, okay, I think this is my window. I think this is when I'm done. How was that kind of decision process for you? Yeah, I honestly, it's probably, it probably hit us twice. So when we were at Fort Polk, he hit 20 years. And so we had discussed what the possibilities of were. And of course, he was also deployed and he was in Korea when we had this conversation. But before he went to Korea, we knew he was going to Korea. And he said, we had the conversation about, I guess we're going to retire. And we, I went to a class with him, but we started a conversation and we were like, hey, what's the plan? And I don't know if it's just because we're older, I came in with a different mindset. I wasn't integrated into that life. So I thought, okay, one other change. I'd been divorced. I was a single mom. So I was used to all this changes in the last couple of years. We talked and we knew, okay, when he comes home from Korea, drop the packet. We have this year. And we decided, okay, we're going to move to South Carolina because that's where his family is from. Mm-hmm. Way cheaper, sadly, than moving back to Hawaii because it's just... <laughs> it's you gotta be a bazillionaire but anyway and that was the plan so we were prepping for that he took classes I got to participate then he gets deployed to Korea and then we just a sit and wait game for him to come home for the year thing and maybe a couple months before he comes home he got a promotion and he's like what should we do and I was like what do you want to do and I said Mm -hmm. hey I mean you worked hard for it if you want to leave the military with that rank, then Mm -hmm. let's do it. We knew that meant we would probably PCS to another location that we were not sure of. And that was the first time we talked about the transition. And I think we just always kept it a little simple in the sense that we knew our plan was to move back home to South Carolina, have my kid, graduate from there, and then live our life. And I hadn't (laughs) started my business yet. So I really wasn't sure. We weren't sure. The second time, was he obviously accepted. We came to Fort Hood, Texas. And the whole time was about preparing, to be honest. We knew this was going to be his last time that he wanted to cycle through and do time for the military. So we had a lot of casual conversations about, are we going to stay here? And we, when we first came to Fort Hood, our plan was still to leave. But within a year, we knew we liked the community. We loved our house that we had bought. We loved the school system that my kid was in. And there was a lot of retirees. And all of a sudden, our mindset was changing to maybe we stay here. So I maybe feel like we were a little fortunate in the sense of we had a long time to really hash that out, like what we wanted to do. But I do distinctly remember the first serious conversation was at our fire pit out in the backyard. And I was like, okay, like we're close are we on the same page here? Are we staying here in Texas? Is that the plan? That is our new plan. And he's, yep. Okay. And I was like, okay. And we talked about sometimes they give you that six month retirement 
window and and we had said for us we know we're not PCSE now or whatever you call that I don't know what you call that I'm old new male spouse and we knew we weren't moving like the only change would be that he would not get up in the morning and drive to work that would be him coming to my office that was his new daily routine (laughs) anyway in a long form that was the two transition moments where we knew it's just the first time I just, it felt organized. It just felt like another change. And then the second time was, okay, he got the rank that he's really happy with that he, he worked hard for and he's ready. And it was just us. I think when we knew we were making that decision to stay, things felt manageable because mm-hmm. obviously we know moving is very stressful. I imagine there's a lot of transition conversations that happen around like the fireside chat sort of situation. And just what I think is interesting about your story, and I'm sure parallels with some others is, is that you think you're done and then the carrot gets dangled and then you have to reassess what done looks like and what that timeline might be. And so it's, I appreciate you kind of sharing that because I think it's interesting for folks to, to remember that could be a part of their equation and- You may think you have a timeline. You may think you know exactly what you want and circumstances might change and you may decide to extend and be a little, be in a little longer and pursue Mm -hmm. a different milestone, if you will, before you actually exit service. I'm curious a little bit about kind of the, as a spouse coming in, not having maybe as much longevity and as much history, did you feel like part of the process or did you really feel like this is this is his thing and I'm just over here if I need to be consulted for what do we do about x yeah okay the first time because we took those classes to help them transition out I felt like a little bit more part of that first time process than I did the second time because we did not expect him to be PCS or to deploy to out of the country everything was so quick and he was going to be leaving supposedly in two weeks. So from when they gave him the news and then it gave us a month, but so it felt so fast for the second time. I knew we were going to be retiring, but I thought I had him present for us to really work together and work through things if he felt he wasn't sure of, or because it was new for him. I even had a good friend of mine, Heidi Barker and her husband, they had created this. I think you may have seen mm-hmm. this Trello, amazing Trello, like, how to transition properly, that should be something binded in a book. But I was like, okay, I told him, I'm like, we're ready. We're going to do this. It raises an interesting question because one of the things we talk a lot about in our, like the Pride and Grit space is starting sort of transition conversations early, starting transition activities early, that there's there's never too early because you just never know how it's going to lay out. But I think what's interesting about what you're saying is unknowingly, it's almost like you had a dry run at the whole process. And so you had a chance to take the classes before you really needed them. And that gave you a lot of benefit when it then came around time. Maybe you didn't feel like you had to be as engaged because you'd at least learned some of those things before. And you had a framework for what some of those different decisions were that as a couple, you were going to have to make. Was that your experience a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Yes. I didn't do all of the things. And I felt like I was also a different person, like four years later from that time. And so I, I was paying more attention to there's decisions he makes today that will affect our future forever. And it's a, hi, you have to say right now what you want. And I'm like, wait, there's no take backs. Like you can't say, Hey, this is not working. And he's like, no, I think it was just, 
a little bit of both, a little bit of, okay, I've been through it, but then there was like new things and COVID had happened and there was different things that they were talking about or just, and so part of me was yes. Okay. But second, it was just, I think I was just, I was really frustrated because his transition, like he had worked so hard and you know, we all are all about celebrating and celebration. He had moved into a brand new unit he was the new guy so that when he went to Germany, he had a chair and a desk for maybe a month of the four months he was there. And then his replacement came. So he had to sit to the side of a thing. So he was there for no reason and then came home and he just didn't feel like he wanted to be part of a retirement ceremony. There was nobody even in his unit that really knew him because everybody was still back in Germany. And so he just was like, I'm good. I don't. I'll just, I'll get the certificate in the mail or wherever he picks it up. And I know this is so silly, but that's the one thing that bothers me for him is that I see all of my friends on LinkedIn and sharing their spouse's retirement ceremonies and how lovely it is. And I wanted my mother-in-law, she was there from day one. She sent her son off to Mm -hmm. boot camp in Columbia for I don't even know Fort Jackson and in, in South Carolina, you know what I mean? Um, I wanted, she's so proud of him. And I just was, <sighs> I think the whole, just how it all worked out. Whole experience. Yeah. I know that's not what it's about, but. No, you know. but I think, but I do think that what's interesting about that is part of this element of not just the service members experience and history and sacrifice, if you will, but it's this larger impact and sacrifice that's happened over the course of a 20, 20 some year career, whether, whether it's of the spouse at any length of time that you've been there or like your daughter for any length of time, the mother-in-law, everybody has their story for what that service has meant to their own life and the pride that they have. And it makes sense that they'd want to see that celebrated and they want to see that elevated. But yet I, but I actually, I do hear a good number of folks that I've known, and some of it, you're right, I think was come up COVID driven, but even beyond COVID, I was like, nope, I'm good. I'm just going to quietly exit out the back door. <laughs> and it's, oh, it, it is like you're it, in some ways, I think it's feel like it's akin to your child going through college and then yes. just like choosing not to go to graduation or you know, choosing not to be celebrated for their achievement and for what they've yeah. worked for. And so I, I completely understand like how that would feel from your perspective of just right. wanting to celebrate his service and his sacrifice and his experience. That's an, it is an interesting nuance that every family is going to be a little different. Every transition is going to be a little different. Yeah. I just wanted him to know he's seen, Hey, like 24 and you did this last little bit in Germany. Do you know what I mean? You came home and then (laughs) pedals to the metal. I imagine for you all, I think about some of the big challenges for families, Mm -hmm. the benefit, if you will, of the, where you guys were is There was no decision about where there was no decision about the next schools or there was just some things that the next house, there were some big decisions that can really weight the transition experience that you didn't have to go through. And then you had this added weight of, but I have to do it essentially solo. I have to do it almost geo bachelored in a sense by choice, but (laughs) driven by needs of. And it feels like as I talk to more and more folks about transition, there seems to be these parallels where everybody has part of their story where some elements were easier than their peers yeah. and then other elements were just harder than their peers and harder in ways they didn't see coming kind of like what you're saying. Yeah. I think like, I feeling like the lesson and the theme in this is that there's going to be a little of both. 
there's going to be elements that are both and you just have to make space for both to be true. And and hopefully for you, it's not, it's all hard or it's all, if it's all easy, that's great. More power to you, but (laughs) I have yet to meet that person. (laughs) Yeah. Let me know. I'd like to be their friend because as you say that, I just think in my head, I did not, we, my spouse and I did not have to deal with selling our house here, buying a new house in the new location. We didn't have to deal with finding new schools and making sure those schools fit into making sure our kid feels welcome. Mm-hmm. And as another move, it didn't have to face with moving all our things and driving 16 hours from. My- yeah. And that's a, doing all of that at the same time. You're right. Like I said, if you find that person that thrives in that kind of stress, I would like to be their friend. Because <laughs> I'm curious too, thinking about things that alleviate stress, how much of an impact do you feel like you've talked about your career a little bit and starting, starting the career that you have now into your time together, but how much did where you are professionally play a role in your ability to make some of those choices? So I think, so I built a business and it does well that we didn't have to think about him searching for another career outside of the military to compensate for the change in our finances. Mm -hmm. And so I think it allowed us to really breathe during that process. And if we wanted to, because I work remotely, we could go anywhere Um, versus where I've had friends in this area. They've had to move to San Antonio or they've had to move to Austin. They've moved an hour and some change away from the very immediate support that they have. And we didn't have to do that. Mm -hmm. We could easily make a decision that we wanted to do and not something we were forced into because it was the next step, if that makes sense. And my husband's happy about it. It's part of the business as we grow here. But I think, yeah, really, I don't know. I think just all the stars, we were so blessed that the transition happened in the way that it did. But I will say there was a lot of talking nighttime on our pillows, talking, Mm -hmm. viewing. I'm not saying, oh yeah, it's all flowers. And like my husband's like waving as he sips his coffee. (laughs) And I'm like, I love you. It was not that all the time, but I don't know. There was just a lot. I mean, you know, that my bestie lives here in this area and they had decided to stay. And that kind of, that just added another checklist of saying, why not? What, why do we want to move from a place that we really enjoy Mm -hmm. from people we know are going to be here actually? And why pull our kid out in her junior year of high school for just a maybe thought plan? Yeah. I don't know. But I think it it speaks to just being open to the unexpected Mm. in the transition process because you may have a plan. Your plan was South Carolina. Your plan was several years prior. Yeah. We all have plans. Yeah. But I think in transition in particular, I think sometimes being open to those surprises and not not shutting those down just you know, out of hand, but actually being able to look at, okay, what do we really need? What are the things that are really important? I would love to know what for you has been the biggest sort of surprise from both perspectives, what's been surprisingly easier about this whole process for transition as a couple, as an individual, and then what's kind of been surprisingly harder than expected for you? So I'll start with what was surprisingly harder for me. And then this is the weirdest thing is when people ask you, are you active duty? And you say no. And then it's, oh, you don't count. A vibe, oh, and that's yeah. happened in a couple different areas. And I, my, I, my, my husband and I were just filling out something like last week on a website, and I was like, 
where do we, I don't even know where we, they don't even have retirees. So do we not apply? Mm. Like it's that uncertainty of knowing where we stand within the military community when we are identifying ourselves. Like I, so that I know that's where, but that's been like the most ickiest for me. Mm -hmm. It's like a sense of, Oh, okay. I don't know where I fit in. Do I, I fit in here. Now there's some loss in that. Yeah. there is a sense of loss in, in all of that loss of community, loss of kind of, of that identity that that's right. connected to active service. It, it may sound small to you, but I think it's pr- probably pretty common and hard. Yeah. Sometimes. yeah. And right, no, absolutely. And it's not, I'm not, I never went on posts all the time because we live off posts. Do you know what I mean? It was mm-hmm. just all of a sudden I, when answering these questions and then coming back with, I don't, I, it's, it was so odd to me. And I was just like, wait, we're retirees. We're still special in the sense. <laughs> but I think to your point, for everyone, it can be a little bit different and it's not necessarily always going to be tied to what your connection was, like how much yeah. you were involved in, in your community things. Right. That isn't necessarily the driver. I think everyone's kind of got their own driver for, does that, does it sit well with them? Is that hard? To, is it hard to yeah. hear? Easy to hear? Does it matter? That's one of those things where you can think you're going to feel one way about it. And then not until you get into it, do you realize, oh, I actually do. I identified more with that kind of identity than I thought I did. Right. And I missed that. I talked to someone recently where they talked about how their kid went through that, where they really didn't expect their kid to struggle with who am I if I'm not a milk kid? I was mm. like, oh no, you're just like you're still a milk kid. So right. it's just sometimes I think those identity losses come in places we're not always expecting and they're not gonna look the same for everybody. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, and I again it's just we've not even been half year out, right? And just all these and it yeah, one hundred percent. And I think it's just, oh, do I belong here? Am I mm-hmm. taking up space for some from someone else? Mm. When yesterday I could be here, but today I can't be here. And I know some of that is in my own head, but it's just there's not a clear when you look on all the websites, it doesn't really truly establish, hey, yes, you are counted. You know what I mean? As mm-hmm. uh, use our website, use our resources. And I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. that's been my least favorite. The thing that surprised me the most, which is, which played into us staying here was the friendships around here that are actually still staying in this space. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like when the, and that only happened in the last year and a half of our realization. But in the beginning, I just, I thought, oh, every friend I'll make, they're going to just be PCSing. I'm going to just keep going through this cycle because I'm going to be living in a military town if we had stayed here. And then within the last year, it just seemed so many friends that I'm meeting, um, our families have just gathered. We just celebrated a freester with, it's like a third, it's a friendship <laughs> in the Easter combo, but we had celebrated, it was our third one. And I know this is something like, we're mm-hmm. all separated from where our core families are from, but together it was just like, it just felt so nice. And I think that's what I did not expect to find here is mm-hmm. a consistent group of friendships that none of us are leaving. We're all in this last phases of their military careers. And I don't know, I'm super grateful. And I, all the spouses get along, the spouses have their things and it's just Mm -hmm. nice how it worked out. And that community is one of those things that can be really hard for folks that are in transition and transitioning to a new space, maybe with people that aren't military, maybe don't understand it, don't understand all the nuance and don't understand the experience that they're bringing. And 
so for you to have that as built in to me is just it is such a gift to to be able to stay in the place that you're already established in and nothing in some ways nothing really changes including losing that community that's not going to happen for for you and yet it's yes. so much a part of other people's stories yes just today my husband was in a group text with one of my other besties here and because she she's also a retired veteran so they were swapping gi store gi bill stories about <laughs> hey blah 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 but like that's exactly what's creating that that uh, unexpected gift i know of all the things sure. that's the best we won't no. even get into the yuckinesses of VA appointments and moving your medical and deciding what medical you should be having and then seeing if anybody out there actually wants to take our medical. No, but I think those are elements that are important. And those are the elements sometimes that blindside people, right? Those are choices that have to be made as part of this process. Yeah. And it's not, it is not the, it's not the fun side of the process at all. And I think for a lot of folks, we've never had to make some of those decisions. And so to have to make those now, it just, we feel like a fish out of water. I think particularly Mm -hmm. for career folks who just have been doing this life for so long and have not had to go through those choices. Yeah. hundred percent. I guess I'll just add, I'm going to go backwards to the yucky. I think it was just, we knew we wanted to have medical off post. Like we wanted to be able to select somebody that was going to be staying in the community. As we all know, I don't know how many PCMs you had in the last month, but my last year, I probably every two months, it was somebody new. Mm because they were rotating so much. And I just was like, I don't, I want to find the care with somebody that's going to grow with me, mm-hmm. my kid. And just like, it, it's just the, oh, you have TRICARE. Sorry. No. <laughs> oh, you have TRICARE. <laughs> Not here. Yeah. Thank you. You know what I mean? But you call some places no. and they're fantastic. They're like, Hey, we don't, but you should go try here. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm like, so I get it. But that that's the yucky part is like, we found, I did, I, by the way, I did, I found somebody fabulous. We love them. My daughter loves them. And when we were at an appointment last week and we left, I looked at my kid and I was like, that lady's going to be with you when you like have kids. So anyway, I guess that's a yucky and a good thing, right? Sure. And I think it is, what I think is interesting in that is for folks who are moving from prime and they're moving into more of their own kind of management of that care. That's it. No matter when you do that shift and certainly at transition as well. For sure. It's just like a thing you're going to have to layer on is no, if you want to start having more control, then there's going to be some effort and there's going to be some trial and error and it's going to be a whole process. We have done standard forever or select or whatever it is now. Yeah. So I've always, every time we've moved, I've always had to find all the people and it's so time consuming and it's just, you find good ones and you find maybe not so great ones and having to start over. And that can just be an added layer to the transition process that doesn't really go away. You still have to transition stress, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's one of those, you know, checkboxes of things we just kind of have to drudge through. Yeah. Um, No, but no, I appreciate you highlighting it. Yeah. It's good to remember that's a, that's a thing. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about resources, because I know you're pretty well connected in with the military community. I know you're definitely on LinkedIn, connected to all the things, but I'm curious as someone who had maybe a little bit more of an aperture for what's out there, what as a spouse have you found particularly helpful from a resource perspective that you've utilized or that folks should consider? Okay. I like, I feel awful that I don't have a list of websites or apps, but I will be honest, what helped me and my spouse the very most was tapping into other veteran spouses Mm -hmm. because they know exactly what you should look out for. They know 
And every veteran spouse's story is different. Mm -hmm. You're going to get a perspective that may fit in from this one and a little bit from veteran B. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a mixed match of this. And I'm glad I talked to them Yeah, and connecting them and just asking on LinkedIn, hi, veteran spouses. This is be very clear who you are asking. Say, right. I really need guidance. And I think honestly, I've not met a veteran spouse that doesn't want to jump and say, Hey girl, I got you. Or Hey dude, I got you. Cause mm -hmm. remember there are male and female spouses out there, but that's the first resource is ask. And I think you, you may actually get more information from them mm -hmm. or guidance from them than what your spouse brings home and says here, they gave this to me at session number five. <laughs> check mark. I've taken it. I don't know what applies to you, but here you go. And yeah. you're like, okay, it looks like you're supposed to listen to some of this. Did you, do you have anything? If, no. And were most of those folks, just people you knew from your community, is that how you found and connected with them? Certainly LinkedIn. Yes. But yeah. then also reaching back into your local veteran community. Yeah. And tapping into my friendships here and just that, that was like super helpful, honestly. And then them telling me, okay, I don't have all the answers you're asking me. I would go here. Did you know about this? I'm like, no. So it's down that connecting line of where they led me. If it wasn't on LinkedIn, it was a friendship here locally, which I am fortunate. I realize not everybody gets that opportunity to be in a community. I spoke with a spouse the other day and she's like, we're stationed here, but there's no community. And mm -hmm. she I have no friends. And I just thought, Oh, so I know I'm blessed in that way. So if you can't find it locally, find it virtually in communities, join anywhere that has the same like-minded type of person that you are. Yeah. No, I think that it's good advice. And I think it's good for folks to remember, or even just know for the first time that yeah. LinkedIn is a great resource and it's not just for job seekers. Like it's yes. really grown into much more of a community connecting platform. Yeah. And so even if someone is not necessarily in a job search, there's a lot of, there's just a wealth of information yeah. and individuals that want to help, particularly in the mill community. Like I just, yeah. I don't have data for it, but I just no. feel like the military community on LinkedIn is really something special. And I think it's really untapped yeah. as a resource for information from mm -hmm. non-job seekers Yeah, because they just don't think of it that way. They go, you think you go to a Facebook group and certainly yeah. you can do that. Yeah. Depending on what your questions are, I find the most resources on LinkedIn that I've, there's so many resources I never knew existed that I learned about. Yes. On LinkedIn, so I, and, yeah, not to dodge on Facebook, but I, sometimes I feel like on LinkedIn, there's a little bit more validity to the sharing of the information because another resource that was going to share was there was a retirement group on Facebook. That's huge. Mm -hmm. had both the spouse and the veteran or the service member in there asking questions, prepping. And there was a lot of things that I did learn while I was in there, but it had all the branches. So sometimes what somebody shared did not apply to army. Sure. It was an air force only or whatever. But you can still get a start and mm -hmm. some kind of framework for yourself. Yeah. So, no, that's a, it's a great group to just search your questions yeah. because somebody's asked it before. Like there's very, yeah. At this point, there's very few questions that yeah. have never been asked. Yeah. And I, you know what? And I would encourage anybody to realize don't feel stupid and not ask a question, honestly, because mm. just asking the question helped alleviate a little bit in this faction of your transition, that's a win, right? Because yeah. trust me, it's just, yeah, it's a, this is like a weirdly, like very fast and slow bullet train <laughs> process. Yeah. Um, about right. And I'll tell you the other resource it's my husband is like, 
he's very frugal. And so one of the things in life he has loved watching is YouTube. And we have, it is shocking, but there are so many retired veteran Mm -hmm. YouTubes out there that help them with every process. They're talking about, hey, how you need to prepare yourself for your VA disability rating, how you should be picking your medical. There was a lot of if you don't have a spouse, go to YouTube and find and see if they have a lot of likes on there. But there was a lot of information. We were like in the YouTube overload. I was surprised. I'm not going to yeah, lie. But- it is surprising. I did not know that. Yeah. I guess I'm not surprised, but yeah. I just didn't never really thought about it. It just yeah. didn't occur the, to me. And I feel bad that I don't remember his name, but there was one guy that he, he, he had a video for every portion and the video was so good. It was informative. I was able to, I learned things that I was like, oh, we should ask this question. Like I didn't even know. My husband's like, his stuff is good. Mm-hmm. So I know that's surprising. It doesn't just have like how to paint your house and cat videos. It, we really actually found some great stuff. And if I find it, I will send it to you. So you I was just, just going to say, yeah. send it to us yeah. and we'll add yeah. it to the show yeah. notes because yeah. it sounds like something everybody could benefit from. Those are so, my only resources. Yeah, no, that's yeah. totally fine. I would love if you could close us out yeah. with just, as you look back now, you guys are six months out from this process and on the other side of it, as you look back now, what would of your one or two pieces of advice for someone who's just circled a date on the calendar? Gosh, what I want to say is like for that you and your spouse went into this, you've worked really hard to get to that 20 year mark or plus or whatever, and take a minute to just breathe and step back and just value each other and where you've come in this journey of the military life that we lead. You worked hard to get to that point so that you can enjoy life where there are no deployments, there are no TDYs, there's penning in vacations. Don't forget that. Take a minute because it is so stressful. Mm -hmm. Again, so take a minute to remind yourself that you love your spouse (laughs) (laughs) and your family and and just enjoy that time. Enjoy Mm -hmm. the next phase of your life. And um, hey, we're all rooting for you. That's how I would love to but just don't forget each other. Make sure you put each other into the equation when you transition out because you've worked hard for it. Right. Well, and I think just being able to recognize that it's hard, but it like, it will pass to the other side. It will look how it looks, right? You're going to, you're, you will weather this too. (laughs) Sometimes I think it's good to just be reminded that we're really experts at transitioning in a lot of Mm -hmm. different ways. This just happens to be kind of like a big one from, but every time we move is a transition and we've figured out how to do that. And sometimes it's easier. Sometimes it's harder, just like this might be for one person. It's easier to to transition from service. And for someone else, it may be a really difficult process, Yeah. but finding other people that get it the way you get it is I think a great piece of advice that you've already offered. Thanks, Jen. I am really grateful that you joined us and are willing to share some of your kind of nuggets of your experience every single one of these looks different. And that's the point is you're going to make your own. Everybody's going to make their own. And I hope it helps them to just see what one person's story looks like. So thank you. Big hearts to you, Jen. Thanks for having (laughs) me on today. That's it for today. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the With Pride and Grip podcast. We're so grateful to our guests for sharing their stories and expertise with us. And we're grateful to you, our listeners, for tuning in. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And we always appreciate you sharing us with a friend or leaving a kind review. 
If you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can find us on social media under at Pride and Grit or on our website, prideandgrit.com. Until next time, please remember you're not alone on this journey and it is our privilege to walk alongside you.